The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. This episode is sponsored by Mosey Pro for Business. everyone welcome along this is episode 150 quite a milestone i must say of the boys of tech a weekly chat show on the latest tech stories this one is for the week beginning monday the 23rd of january 2012 and it's great to have you guys along joining us i'd like to kick off by introducing myself and the other hosts on the panel my name is edwin herman i'd like to first of all welcome brett king aloha and aloha to you too i take it you had a good week I had a very good week. Won some money at the races. You won some money, really? Did you win more than you you, you spent? Is that what yes, you, right? Because some people say they 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 won money, and really what it means is they won less than what they put in, which to yeah. me isn't winning money. <laughs> no, that's not winning. No, but but that's what people how what people mean sometimes, and it's like crazy. Mm. Well, that's good. Did you win a lot? No, not really. Uh, I won like fifteen dollars over what I spent through the day. That's better than nothing. I'd be happy with that. Oh, I was happy with that. I then spent it all on DVDs. Good idea. In fact, I ordered a DVD, a MacGyver Series 7. But actually, you know oh. what? I, I know who's going to want to comment on this, and those are our other two two hosts. So let me just introduce them. First of all, Cameron Colley from Drinkle.com in Brisbane. Welcome along. Hi, how's it going? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. What do you think about my MacGyver purchase? Um... Look, as long as it uh, if it teaches you how to get out of a you know tricky situation with a with a piece of chewing gum and a and a, and a band aid, I say go for it. Well, look, I, I don't think there's any harm in that. Absolutely. Yeah, um, if you if you can make a bomb out of those things, I say you know all, all you know more power to you. I'd get a PhD, surely, if I could do that. I was actually just while we're on the subject of MacGyver, I'm sure Al has his own opinion as well. So welcome along, Alec Doughty from also Drinkle.com in also Brisbane. MacGyver would look great up on the wall next to your Hey Dad DVDs. <laughs> Do you know what? When I was a teenage kid, I had a MacGyver poster because I wanted to be MacGyver. <laughs> Every teenage boy wanted to be MacGyver. Yeah, I even tried then to... Then I realised that you really can't, you know, pick a lock with a piece of chewing gum. That's the thing. I actually tried quite a few MacGyverisms and I think they all, all but one failed. In fact, I'll tell you what, the most recent one was not that long ago. It was back in about 2008, 2009. I remember it vividly. <laughs> Does it work? Oh, we need flashback noise now. Or was it mega fail? <laughs> I, was, I was tied up in the boot of a car moving along a freeway. Okay, so he I'm was trying to signal the person following behind by okay, firing the thing, but instead he just turned And all the- I had was a Pez dispenser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And my shoelaces. Okay, this is going to be a complete anticlimax. Look, you know those little Apple mice with a tiny little scroll ball? You know, the, the mice yep, and mouse. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one of those. And in fact, I still have it. But anyway, it, the little scrolly ball failed and because it, it kept sticking and stuff. I wanted to clean it, but I didn't really have... Uh, what I actually needed was some alcohol to, to dissolve all the gunk and stuff that it would have been caught up in there. But I didn't and have didn't any. You realize that a 1992 Riesling wasn't the right sort of alcohol? You know, you're not, you are so not far off. I had a bottle of vodka, right? So, <laughs> so I poured some vodka into a saucepan. I heated it gently, not to 100 degrees, but to about 65 where the alcohol started uh, to evaporate. I then held a cold pot lid saucepan lid, you know, over the top, let it drip down. I was effectively distilling. And what was rolling off there was pure alcohol or very close to. And I used that with a bit of a a cotton bud. I cleaned it. And by the way, you know, what I forgot to say was, I I mean, I tried before with non-alcoholic solution, like, you know, soap and water and stuff. That didn't work. This worked. This was a MacGyverism. Well done. No, because... That was a total waste of vodka. Uh, well, not just that. You've just you've done something that scientists have recreated for hundreds of years. You're meant to pull that off. You're meant to like, like grab some sort of like a piece of cardboard and a matchstick and do and get alcohol out of it somehow. 
No, oh, look, you guys MacGyver, yeah, MacGyver still followed what would theoretically be scientific. No, he just did it in ways which right. were not appropriate. Like yeah. I make a ginormous explosion with a thumbnail full of sodium and a bottle of water. That's right. No, I, yeah. it will make a bang, but not. Like, and if you had enough sodium, you could make a really big explosion, but not enough to make the explosion yeah, that he makes in there. Edwin's, so Edwin's all of those things salt. are correct, but they just. Not actually, you know, Brett, you are absolutely right. Cam, you just want to shoot down my MacGyverism. I was proud of that. Only because you were like MacGyver. He just wants to shoot down MacGyver because right uh, now he is embarrassed about the fact that he used to dress like MacGyver. He had MacGyver posters. He had people call him Angus just because he wanted to be that closer to MacGyver. Uh, Look, all I'm is saying it, is, Edwin's MacGyverism of extracting alcohol out of vodka is not that great. No, no, but it was more about making do with what you had. Like I didn't, I didn't have uh, methylated spirits, and I needed to clean this mouse ball. So what was I going to do? I could have gone and bought some, I suppose. <laughs> Just bought some from so. Grain. Yeah. All right. Can we move on from <laughs> MacGyver? This is not the MacGyver show, but actually, there was a rumor about a MacGyver movie being uh, to be released in 2013, next year. But Richard Anderson is just too old. But oh, it wouldn't be the same without him. He could do it. What's wrong with an older MacGyver? It'd be son of MacGyver. <laughs> no, they can't do MacGyver that. Light. Those, MacGyver that would just Light. Be That's like the MacGruber uh, spinoff, yeah. and that would just yeah. be... Nah. That was funny. It was funny. <laughs> In that kind of really lame sort of... Yeah. Great, it's Flying still high, just away. kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. I've got a really small... Same reason people laugh at toilet humour. <laughs> I've got a really small suggestion... Can we talk about MegaUpload.com instead of MacGyver? Because there's actually sure. a story about that. <laughs> oh, if you really want and, to. And then we can actually start the but show. Seriously, I reckon if we call this the MacGyver podcast, how many downloads will we get? Like a million more? <laughs> we'd, we'd at least double. Oh, yeah. We need to do it while Mosey Pro is still sponsoring us. <laughs> so let's talk about MegaUpload.com. But before we do, did you guys see the story that uh, Codex filing for bankruptcy? No. Kodak Japan, I think it was. I can't recall, but it's not Kodak, uh, not all of Kodak, like Kodak New Zealand's fine, but it's the major arm of Kodak. I, I believe it's in, in Japan, and yeah, they filed for bankruptcy, so they just didn't keep, keep up. I mean, look at their digital cameras. I mean, just- they were the, they were the first to come out with, um, a, a, well, at least a home model for digital. Yeah, but it's, mm. it's, it's, it was never really good. It was really poor. Absolutely. Yeah, they also had that they were the first to come up with a certain paints, uh, the patents for the sensors and um, the chip technology and everything as well. So, did they yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. apparently. Though, I, I heard that prior to this, they were going to try and sell some of those patents in order to save themselves from bankruptcy. But it looks like that hasn't worked. Oh, okay. I didn't I, know. About I that. dare say licensing is the only reason they were still in business today or yesterday. Yeah, actually, you, yeah, I think you've got a point because they weren't making any money from any, anything else. No. All right, and I'll tell you who else who won't be making any more money now, and that is the operator of MegaUpload.com. His surname is .com. First name is Kim. Kim.com. Originally known as Kim Schmidt. Schmidt. But he changed his name, obviously, because... He wanted to be cool. He's from New Zealand. Do you guys know Schmitzy? Well, he's no, not from he's not New Zealand. From New Zealand. He, he's a New Zealand he's, resident. He's living here. He was hiding he's, from the FBI. They yes, found he, him. But he lives on your little island, doesn't he? Little island. <laughs> saying, do you know him? Okay, no, I don't. Oh. No, I don't. He'd just be the new no, guy. No, he lived on the just, other side. Yeah, uh, just the other side. side. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got these hills that separate us from the others. Uh, we call them the Bombay the, Hills. From the others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're Actually, just like this, this yeah. weird caveman tribe that run around and steal your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a wild polar bear? <laughs> no, there's like oh, it's the others and black I smoke. Can, yep, do black smoke. <laughs> Oh, look, uh, are we actually going to do the story? What, what happened? So the police have raided, and FBI agents actually, have finished searching the home of a multi-millionaire living in New Zealand. This is Kim.com. He operates, or at least did up until well, the week until just the been. US government seized it. Yeah, uh, megaupload.com. And it's, of course, over copyright because uh, what was megaupload.com doing? It was hosting files, and, of course, the allegations there is that on megaupload.com there are some... Files that breach copyright, copies, uh, you know, games, movies, mm. music, that kind but of thing. But that's not the reason he was gotten. It was because he was profiting. 
from. Yes, now that's because you've got to remember that most of the laws that go over copyright have bits where if you are merely a conduit between a place and a place that has copyright material, then you are not committing copyright. But if you are making money off of it and not doing enough to remove it, so the big thing here is whether or not they can prove that Mega Upload was not doing its due diligence in removing copyright infringing items. And were they actually incentivizing copyright infringement? Were they incentivizing it? It's similar to a story we talked about last year, early last year. I can't remember what site, but it was another site which was were taken down and was actually incentivizing the distribution of copyrighted material to promote that site and to get advertising revenue for the site's owners. So oh, that was if put, they can, putfile.com, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they can prove that um, Mr.com was doing a similar thing and profiteering off of the copyrights and promoting the distribution of copyrighted material through Mega Upload, then they've got him. But if they can't, and he was merely acting as a conduit, doing appropriate due diligence for such a large website for the removing of copyright materials, then he wasn't doing anything wrong. There, so, there are allegations that he made $42 million from MegaUpload.com. And that, the other allegations him? are that, that the that, copyright infringement was denying the MPAA and the RAAA $500, $500 million in lost revenue. And once again, this whole lost revenue thing is a complete and utter crock. They can't prove that anybody who downloaded pirated material would actually listen to that or watch it or pay to go see it. Most of them wouldn't. So that's just me going, you know what? Uh, I found this piece of lint and it blew away in the wind and that piece of lint's worth 50 bazillion dollars. Yeah, I, I know. You, you, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Though we know those are bogus figures, so let's not dwell on that. But the important point here is that the allegations at least are that yeah. he knew about these files there and of course the thing is... Well, if you, Anybody if you running one of these sites would know that somebody's going to at some point upload something which is not theirs to upload. Yeah. It's about the appropriate due diligence in being able to track that down, find it and remove it. That's right. And, and, and I, I guess and providing copyrights owners appropriate mechanisms to alert you to the presence of that and have you remove it. That's what Google does. You know, Google's been taken to case about, oh, Google is a, a um, copyright infringer because they host all of this sort of stuff. It's about providing that to, yeah. due diligence. If you are a conduit, most copyright laws say that if you're just up the conduit, then you don't have responsibility for the copyright infringement as long as you've got the appropriate. You're not making money off of it and you've got the appropriate methods available for copyright holders to have copyright infringement stuff removed. Absolutely. But it, again, it comes down to the definition of conduit. If, if, if conduit is I run a site and I pretend to be just a conduit, but really I'm actually kind of part and parcel of that, mm. th- that's different. And this, this is where I guess that, that that's what they're going to look at. In, well, that's in where this they've case. got the, the difficulty part is because what Mega Upload was doing is basically it's a, a file hosting site. So you... As it has an sharing capabilities. Yeah, yeah, can upload something to it, and he is providing the facility for you to upload stuff to it So, mm. and then share it out. It's whether or not he's got proper built-in mechanisms in the background to go, okay, that's, that's a movie that you're uploading. Is it a movie which looks like a movie on one of these lists? Yes, it is, and get rid of it. This is a very, very interesting story, and I just want to take a short break now and come back to this because there are some very interesting points Uh, about this thing. It's making headlines worldwide. So just before we uh, carry on with this, I do want to remind you that this show is sponsored by Mosey Pro for Business. So when it comes to running a successful business, there are a lot of things that you've got to get right. And hiring people is one of them. But often the thing that's overlooked is protecting the data that actually powers your business. Did you guys know that 12,000 laptops are lost or stolen at airports every week? Every week? Sounds about right. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, they're, there's they're a in lot the news constantly. They're in but the news constantly. Governments. Well, actually, no, <laughs> most of them are stolen. Actually, yeah, stolen probably. Yeah, I, I think oh. you're right there. And the number of people who would close their laptop, turn around, pack their bag, and walk away, go, oh crap, I've got to get to the gate and grab their bag and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and actually, you know, 50% of businesses that find themselves without data management for 10 days or more 
file for bankruptcy. Maybe that's what happened to Kodak. <laughs> they should add Mosey Pro, see? I do want to tell you about our friends at Mosey. They are the most trusted name in online backup. Now, these guys back up more data than the entire written works of mankind from the beginning of recorded history in all languages. And businesses of all sizes and consumers use Mosey to back up everything from emails, contacts, important documents, to family pictures and music. Anything you want. It's automatic and it works. Now, that would be nice. Something that just mm. works. Because we, we know what doesn't. That was the old joke about, remember, Microsoft works? <laughs> yeah, back in the uh, day. Yeah. I want to tell you about Scott. He's the CEO of an IT consulting company. Now, he and the rest of his company were in a training conference 650 miles away from the home office, right, when the company's web server crashed. But thanks to Mosey Pro, Scott went back to the hotel and easily restored the backup copy of his website over the internet. Mosey Pro paid for itself that day and for years to come, says Scott. And Scott then- Yay, <laughs> Mosey Pro. I think backing up is an important thing for any business. It is. I think- Anybody who's listened to me flavel on on this podcast knows that I think backing up is an important thing to do. You're right. And Brett, you have indeed uh, beaten that drum enough enough times on this podcast. And what more better reason to get Mosey Pro? And uh, you know what? One of the reasons you should be going with Mosey Pro is the fact that Mosey Pro business backup plans are affordable and there are no contracts to sign or hardware to buy. It's easy. Now, that's my kind of plan. All right. That's why you go for prepay phones. I don't like contracts and stuff like that. It sounds like good value. I think so too. So if your business is not backed up with Mosey Pro, you really need to make sure that your data is backed up. Give our friends at Mosey a call. They've been doing this a long time and they run the most secure, most trusted online backup service. And right now you can save 15% by using the promo code podcast15. Give them a call now on 877 Double seven six. That's a US number eight seven seven six six nine nine seven seven six, or visit moseypro.com. That's M O Z Y Pro.com. All right. So look back into the story about Kim.com. My whole issue with this with this raid is that it was done by the FBI. Shouldn't, shouldn't the FBI yeah, be operating to, in the US? Yeah, okay, according to... Well, the thing is, they request... Well, it was but, done by the police and the police's organised and financial crime agency New Zealand, Offcans. Yeah. They did the actual thing. Yeah, the actual raid was New but, Zealand police. Yeah, the re- actual raid was New Zealand police. it was police. requested by FBI. It was requested by FBI, facilitated by FBI. And, and All be, the assets are the being FBI held by the FBI led raid... According to the uh, oh, look, Zealand said the, the FBI-led raid on the $30 million. That's purely, the, yeah, that's purely media wording. It was New Zealand enforcement agents who were doing the actual thing. Yeah, they, they, they actually FBI. came out. So the FBI were just holding the strings. Yeah. The they FBI the are the ones masters. that passed on all of the information saying, hey, we need these people arrested. We've got this indictment coming against them through the through the U.S. courts that say they've done all of this bad stuff. And we've got these agreements with you and your government that you will work with us on law enforcement things. And so have a look at this stuff that we've got and do you think you can do that? I mean, let's get real here. I mean, obviously, a lot of countries do have these agreements where they can request action mm-hmm. on, on, you know, and, and so this happens, but it did come out, I mean, because people were sort of saying, well, what is the FBI doing operating in New Zealand? And to be honest, though, the other side of me says, well, it wouldn't surprise me if they did lead this raid, but of course they wouldn't dare say that in the media, but no, I've got, definitely I've, not, I've got no go proof against whether... Everything that it would go against yeah. you know, all of, what do you call it? The um, principles. Well, not just the principles, the whole authority, the domains of authority. It's like they, yeah, the FBI physically has yeah. no authority. It's got no jurisdiction. This, yeah, jurisdiction, that's it. It's got no jurisdiction whatsoever in New Zealand. All they can do is pass on their requests and their information to the New Zealand authorities or the Australian authorities or whatever country authorities they were passing it on to, going, we've got this mountain of evidence here. This is what it looks like. Do you think that that's a mountain of uh, enough evidence to proceed with grabbing these people and if the New yeah. Zealand authorities then say yes that does indeed look like the enough evidence to grab these people to investigate then they will then action it which was why it was but whenever they do these sorts of things and they report them in the media they always do the sensationalizing thing of oh it's the FBI who led this thing it's like well no there might have been an FBI person 
there, but he would have been one of those plainclothes people waiting in the background as the uniform officers of New Zealand rushed in and did all the seizing. So they actually seized quite a bit here in this New Zealand raid. Six million dollars worth of luxury. (laughs) Six million dollars worth of luxury cars. Uh, That includes fifteen Mercedes Benz, a fifty-nine Cadillac. Wow, a Rolls Royce Phantom! Oh my goodness! And a Rolls Royce Phantom that was worth half a million by itself. Wow, and uh, yeah, ten million dollars in cash. Not as in banknotes, but, you know, from Financial funds, yeah, for funds that have been frozen, yeah. So, wow, this is huge. Kim.com is saying, well, you know, we've got nothing to hide. So, again, it's going to be one of these things that let's see what plays out in the courts. Indeed. Did you hear, did you hear about the fact that he ha- had a panic room and he actually locked himself in it and they had to cut him out? Yeah, yeah, he had a panic room. and Exactly. He was found hiding in there. There was a shotgun, I think, in the safe, uh, in a gun safe in that room as well. Mm-hmm. And th- that's where but they found him. that's not a crime. No, I know that that's right, but it's just explaining the uh, obviously the, the he's obviously thought about this. You know, why would he have the gun safe in the panic room? Well, he was, it's the reason a, you have yeah, a panic room he's is a rich, if you're he's a rich mega guy. rich and yeah. you are afraid somebody might try to exactly. steal your stuff. Especially if you're an American. In America, if you're mega rich, you've got a panic room. It would not surprise me if Bill Gates had a panic room. Steve Jobs' house had a panic room. All of those really rich mansions people have panic Like rooms. a mansion within a mansion. <laughs> yeah, mansion within a mansion. That, mm. yeah, probably right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. But the, So this is huge news, and of course it's uh, happening right here in New Zealand, at least this raid is anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting in, in that respect. Because they got more than just Kim. He wasn't the only one. No, of his he had some associates as well. Living in New Zealand who were nabbed here, but uh, they've still yeah, got like a bunch seven. of. Yeah. There were yeah. about half a dozen odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, but there's still like four or so that are they haven't been able to catch up with yet. But, you know, they, they have also found two firearms at the property and as a result, a 55-year-old New Zealand man was charged with unlawful possession of a pistol. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, put it this way, it's not looking very good. Yeah. No, no. We'll find out, well, as it comes out and the investigation goes on, whether or not he... Yeah was doing due diligence in his in his company or what well, whether his company was doing due diligence and we'll see we'll see did you it has up- a huge impact on basically every other file upload site around the world yeah if they've got any sort of presence or person or connection to america yeah. then yeah it could Definitely impact on them unless they were doing proper diligence. But then it also depends on whether or not the crimes committed are committed in the jurisdictions that they're committed in as well. From what I read, the fact that that opened the door to the possibility of this raid going ahead was the fact that they had servers hosted in uh, Virginia, I think it was, Mm. in the US, which which is what allowed the US to actually... um, issue the, the warrants and get international cooperation. Mm-hmm. So terrorists and they- copyright <laughs> infringers are treated this way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the same, isn't it? That they, They've yeah. been treated the same. It, it is. Yeah. The ridiculousness of it and the, the yeah. laws that it's they've so got in America up. and they're trying to pass in America are just draconian mm-hmm. and well outside the jurisdiction that America has on the world and how the world works. This is not the American internet. The internet belongs to everybody. So look, let's move on uh, from that story to another story that is just as scary uh, and is kind of the dark side of the internet is, is the way I see these stories. And that is well, it's not the dark side of the internet. It's the dark side of certain governments thinking they have more power than they should. Well, I, that is true. And that is a story, of course, about the British student Richard O'Dwyer, who is facing extradition to the United States and that's for simply running a website that provided links, didn't host anything itself, but provided links to pirated films and television shows. And the scary thing about this is that he's in the UK, he's a UK resident, and he was just operating this entirely from the UK. Indeed. So how does he's a copyright terrorist, so take him down. <laughs> but he's not even committing a crime in the UK. Yes. I know, that's, His website... I know. Did not break any UK laws, but the US. No, he broke. Said, uh, did, did it or did it not? 
No, it did not. I know in Europe there is a thing where if you're just providing links, you're not, you know. Exactly. And that's all his was doing. But the US and what they what the judge there has said is that he's he was too involved in the selection of who could and could not post links onto his website. And because he exercised some control over who could and could not join his website to post, he was more involved than another website which did exactly like the same thing and Google. got off. Yeah. It's just linking. This is scary because he's not even in the US. Yeah. This is the bit that I don't understand. I mean, if he's breaking a law and he's an American citizen... Yeah, citizen if he's or- breaking an American law and he's in America or an American citizen, then he is liable to answer to that law. But if he is not breaking a US law in the US or a US citizen, then he's not liable to be charged or tried I know. This is a scary under thing. Their laws. So, So what if we're doing something here on this podcast, right, that would have been a breach of the law if we were in the States. Are they Indeed. going to come and get me? talking out against the MPAA. Yeah, yeah. That's illegal. That'll be Just illegal. That, that, well, this that, is the that'll thing be illegal, surely. The MPAA uh, and the RIAA seem to wield a lot of power. That's much. because they have a lot of money and they yeah. give it to a lot of senators to do their bidding. Well, it yes. makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder because it just seems completely out of proportion. Mm. Absolutely. It's a case of lobbyists buying parliament or buying the Senate. Well, you know, you you do do have to ask yourself that. This story here leads easily into the whole Soper story as well, which, of course, everyone would have noticed because everyone uses Wikipedia, according to Wikipedia. They shut down for 24 hours in protest of the Soper Act. And the Soper Act is the Stop Online Piracy Act, of course, uh, being, uh, well, not being enacted, but trying to get pushed through the House in the United States. Of course, I don't think it's going to go forward now because the Obama administration has kind of hinted at the fact that they're not going to let it go through. Exactly. Yeah. After all of the the protests that happened during the week that Wikipedia and Reddit and other companies participated in, um, a lot... Yeah, including Google. A lot of the uh, senators have actually flipped and have pulled their support for the bill. So it's actually, at the moment, it's been shelved. They haven't killed it. They've put it on ice and they'll bring it back up after the next election. When everybody's forgotten. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, so so tactic, they'll, they'll change it a little bit and they'll try and bring it back. And it won't be called Soper, though. It'll be called something no. else. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be called something else, and it will be ever so slightly different. And by ever so slightly, I mean like they might or have moved a couple of commas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a wolf in sheep's clothing is basically what it's going to be. Indeed. The thing is, about Wikipedia specifically, I was a bit frustrated because, you know, I, I think it's a good thing to be protesting against. Having said that, I do think it's ridiculous for a, a site that is largely international to be protesting against a political well, in, in the they, have you read any of the statements that Wikipedia and the, the different people in Wikipedia have issued regarding the fact that they took a stand for this and they took a stand internationally for this? It affects the whole world. If it that bill passed, it affects world. the whole world because they yep. gain control of the DNS system. And it was a completely open discussion and several, well, it was, it was over one and a half thousand people were in, in the Wikipedia community, were involved in the discussion and the vote as to whether or not they would or would not take a, a stand and what that would be. Yeah. And basically, it was unanimous that they would take action. And the main discussions that occurred over the time when they were discussing, leading up to the 24 hours blackout, was what form that thing would happen. And would it be all of English uh, Wikipedia or just Wikipedia in America that would be blacked out? But it was then decided by the Wikipedia community that it would black out the English website think, But it wasn't taking it down. That's the other thing which has been completely misled in media is that they did not take down the website. The website was still there and if you disabled JavaScript, which they told you how to do, it would 
remove the blackout cover. That's right. Now, we actually also, on the Boys at Tech Twitter account, we also tweeted a solution that I came up with to uh, to get it back without disabling JavaScript. You just punch a, a little JavaScript line very short into your browser bar and that just mm-hmm. brings everything back. But yeah. look, you know, I, I side with, with the CEO of Twitter who says it's just silly. Closing a global business in reaction to a single issue, national politics is foolish. And he goes on to say... But that- it wasn't national politics. That was a... International piece legislation that would have international ramifications. Uh, no, they cannot shut down a .co.nz site, and they certainly can't shut down a .com if the registrar of that .com is not but, in the states. But that's not, not the point. They could registrar. block it. They can block it from the states, and that's their business. Only from the states. That's their business. Everything routes through there, Edwin. No, 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 no. Quite a lot of the root servers of DNS go through the states. Having the states have the ability to basically create the Great Wall of America would break the domain name system. You had people who work on the domain name system and the registries who were up in arms about these acts and how they would damage the domain name system. Look, I, look, don't get me wrong. I think it's a, a very, it sounded like a very, very poorly implemented bill, right? But I, I do, just going back to the whole Wikipedia thing, I just think is, is like, okay, do what you want. But look, you, it, they're just going to make themselves look silly because it's not going to work. And this, this is actually, I must admit, but I'm kind of stealing worked. here from Bruce uh, Simpson's comments, a blog that I read. But if I can reiterate what he says, because I feel the same way, it's not going to, no, it's not going to work because it was already shot down by the Obama administration anyway. It's not going to work. Wikipedia, next time, what are they going to do? Okay, they've just used their Trump card. What are they going to do next? If they do another blackout? Yeah, right. That's not going to work. That's the no, way I feel it will. Anyway. It, will, it, it will work as well as it did this time. Yeah. I, I don't think it worked this time at all because it was already uh, shot down before. We no, it right. wasn't. It was. It was. They, they the point it was is to raise that awareness. Obama had said yes. Obama, the Obama administration, that top part had said yes. We will not allow this to pass. And that was That's before the, black, the Wikipedia blackout. That was blackout. before the blackout. That yeah. was before any of this. Exactly. What has come about because of the blackout, because of the support for this, is that number of senators who were still sorting SOPA and still supporting PIPA, those two different pieces of legislation, going through two different processes in two different houses. It's like Obama could shoot down SOPA, but he couldn't shoot down PIPA because PIPA was going through the Senate at that point. So he doesn't have the chance to say no to that one. They're two different pieces of legislation that this whole internet outrage is about. And the outcome of this internet outrage is the fact that huge numbers of the people who were previously supporting these two pieces of legislation, even after Obama said he would veto it, have pulled out and said, no, we won't support it at all now. And even the proponent of the bill in the House has actually Pulled it now. He's shelved it yeah. because of, of um, it would have still gone through House and then gotten to Obama to shoot no, it down. We don't know that. We don't know that. You're saying that's because of the the protest, the people protesting and up in arms. It could have easily been because if a president is going to say, "Well, look, we're not going to let this through," uh, are you really going to go and take it that far and get get that? Uh, okay. Well, I'm not sure. To, it'll to, be to about be, the fact that to huge clarify a little numbers. Bit of people were calling up their local senator saying, their local representative saying, we do not want you to support this. Yeah, and it could be because of that, but it's more going to be that that than Wikipedia. This is the whole thing. Can I clarify a little bit, a a particular point? Because Obama had come out and said, I will veto the bill as it stands because it's too draconian and the DNS system is um, too delicate. The senators that were trying to um, push the bill through had already changed it and modified it and removed the DNS provisions, all right? So the protest still went ahead regardless of the fact that the DNS provisions had been removed. And because of the direct result of the protests and the number of people actually writing to their their senators and, and, and that sort of stuff... 15 or 16 senators actually reversed their decision and pulled support from the bill and the guy pushing the bill shelved it. So, I mean, it, it's a minor victory. I mean, yeah. it, the bill's not dead, all right? Let's not make the mistake of thinking that, but it was a minor victory and, and it happened because 
of the, just the groundswell protest. Okay, but, but still... G- They've got direct statistics on Wikipedia's website about the number of people who commented on the, the blackout post, the number of people who used Wikipedia's tool for looking up their elected representative's contact information. That was 8 million people looked up their elected representative's contact information. The Senate's website went down because it was unable to accommodate the number of requests coming in to use its contact forms. And Wikipedia, the, the mobile version of Wikipedia was fine. Yeah, look, the mobile okay, versions of Wikipedia the, look, were completely still, Right, okay, fine. I, I just, the numbers I just think back that, the I, fact I, that this I think the heart's in the right place. I still disagree with... with uh, they can do what they want, but I just think that it's foolish uh, as as per CEO and, and Facebook. But, you know, that that's each to their own. Look, let's talk about some good news. Well, at least yeah. I think it's good news. I mean, news. you think Mullets were funny though back in the day, did you? <laughs> now, now. Yes. Well, when I liked MacGyver, absolutely. Um, <laughs> by the way, we've just put you in an echo chamber, haven't we? Because you've had to yeah. move move to another another part of the building. But look, um, that <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll live with the echo chamber there. That's fine. Apple has reinvented textbooks, so its media release says. Now, I don't know if you've seen these, but you kind of got to see them to believe them. It's kind of a digital version of a textbook with interaction. So we're talking not just So kind of like what a web page would present to you with interactive elements in it. it, Kind of like what a web page would give you, except you don't have to be connected because it's sold as an e-book. Really, Mm -hmm. it's a textbook on your iPad. It's uh, a website on your iPad. It's... (laughs) <laughs> it could be, but then you'd have to be connected to use it, which isn't going to no, always work. No, you wouldn't, because you can download a website as a web archive. Uh, now, this is where Apple. This, this is exactly where Apple's different. You know, they're not going to say, "Oh, download as you know, save as archive." This is not the Apple way. The Apple way is, "I want it to work for me. I want it straight Indeed, away." Indeed, the Apple so, way is, we want you to get this app, and then we are going to push the content to you, and we're going to make the money on it. And well, they probably do want to make some of So, and you're going to have to use iPads and only iPads because it's not going to be available on any other format. So, you're going to have to buy your kid an iPad too, even though you're a household that doesn't like Apple or doesn't have any other Macintoshes whatsoever. And you're going to have to pay that money for it. And you're going to have to buy the next iPad when it comes out because it's going to have better hardware and we're going to eventually push out a version of this app which doesn't support that previous one and so you're just going to have to use a new one. We don't like iPads, do we, Bruce? Well said. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to lock you into a proprietary format that you're going to have to use from now for the rest of your life. I don't because let, your school is going to decide that this is the one. Yeah. They well, want this is the thing they they are doing. This is the whole point. They're doing deals with uh, educational publishers, and uh, some uh, schools have already adopted uh, or have agreed to adopt this. I think they've uh, trialed them. And you know, these I've I've actually downloaded the app to create these books, these textbooks. I don't know if I will create a textbook, but I might one day. <laughs> I don't know podcasting one hundred and one or something. Who knows? And you know, I don't know. I'm I'm excited about this because. Here's the thing, Brett. I know which drum you're beating right now, right? But this is not just about Apple and Apple taking over the world. I think this is creating a whole new market again, not just for themselves. Sure, they would like the market to be for themselves, but you're going to see it. You're going to see the same thing for Android. You're going to see the same thing for Windows, whatever. But they're not going to be cross-platform compatible. No, they. Uh, well, that's who knows. You might. Yeah, get it has to be cross platform. No, no you might get it. Well, you don't know. You might get a publisher releasing it uh, for the iPad and for the. Just like we have games, right? We have games for the PlayStation, games for the Xbox, and some. Yeah, of but you're not going to be able to because you're going to have to use the iPad app. You know the the iBook app to create the book, and that book is going to be a proprietary Apple format. So if you want to create a, an interactive textbook for another format, you're going to have to use a different format for yeah, doing and, that and which how, means you're going to have to add that whole yeah but how do games get compiled right now it's the same thing you have to use a different tool set to compile for the Xbox as you do for the Playstation yeah, if the but they have to think enough, whether or not the market is big enough correct. For, you, abs- to support that absolutely and, and that's just I'm not sure whether or not your textbook <laughs> providers would think it, that the market was big enough well, to cross platform yeah, this won't decision. be an issue if they release it in a format like EPUB or something which is cross platform yeah but the problem mm. with EPUB is that it doesn't support these embedded 3D things does it you know it's got uh, no I, th- I think they're actually trying to make a, a like a, a new epub 2 standard oh, okay. right right yeah well i mean they, i that would be good i, I totally agree with you 
as long but, as it is a cross platform. But my point yeah, here is that look, this is not just about Apple carving themselves a market. They probably would like that, but I just think this is you know the first in this kind of thing, and it's going to be like I say, it's going to be across the board. Trust me, trust me on this one. Well. And, and if but, even, but even if it's not, then hurry up and someone else do something. Well, that's right. If there's a, if they've got the market there and their products are good I mean, enough, they should just, be selling. Everyone should... whinges about Apple because they, they land there first or they're doing something first and they get everything in to some device in like 99% of the hands of people. People go, oh, well, that's just silly. Why would you want Well, did someone else do something? Like someone else step up. They do stuff. But they don't. Right. There's, there's no one else saying let's consolidate and make the whole textbook yeah. industry really easy now. That's let's right. try and do this. That's what they're doing. Yeah, so no, I, no one else is doing it. So well, I, I think they'll actually have resistance from the existing, um, like, publishers. educational in- infrastructure because there's there's so much vested in choosing a textbook and how that gets distributed and funded. There's, there's an entire who is the copyright infra- on that infrastructure. And tools, yeah. Well, we know that Apple are very good at making deals. They're yeah. very very good no, at making deals. So exactly, it'll be a rental system. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a rental system. Essentially, they'll say, look, we have X amount of, you know, college students have this, let's try and do a deal so that they don't own the textbooks. They can merely just pay an annual subscription a year. We'll take a percentage and they'll get all their year's books downloaded to them if there's any updates and they get the new versions and that's it. Everyone wins. You know, actually, this is one of the key things as so well. There's, there's, no, there's no, there's, you know, everyone wins because um, basically the publishers turn around and say, well. I don't think help. that's going to be an everyone wins situation because when you think about it, when you think about educational textbooks, there's something that a student buys, they use for like maybe a year and then they're going to want to palm it off and secondhand yeah. books. So you've got a big upfront cost for most textbooks. They're not going to be able to support that big upfront cost in this sort of medium. But, no, but the producer of the textbooks are going to have to put in even more money and effort and time to create an interactive textbook than they do for the current crop of textbooks. No, so the, they're not going to be able to charge as much. So their entire model for monetary input is going to drastically shift for this. And I see I, them outlaying they're, they're, more than they're going to get back. No, no they're outlaying already. They already have a digital version of their book. They have to add some interactivity to it, that's fine. They've got to come up with printing costs. There's physical. But most of them, when you get the digital version of a book, you have to purchase the hard copy as well. You get the hard copy and then you get the electronic copy. Trust me, right. Apple won't be doing this for that. They won't, they won't be doing that. That's right. Yeah, so that, that, that's yeah. their saying is they've, they've come up with some sort of system where it's going to be really, really good for everyone. Otherwise, they're not going to bother. The thing is, it may fall Except flat on its face. It is, yeah. it is Apple after all. I mean, you can say what you want, but it's Apple. Like, they're not just going to walk on in and do some half attempt at doing something. When they walk in to do something to an industry, they tend to just do it thoroughly and properly, and then it's all over. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Let's be safe and say it could fall flat on its face, but I don't think it's going to. I, I, I actually think it will. You do? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think, the, think- uh, the incumbent is going to participate. Especially when you think that a lot of the textbooks that are sold in universities and especially in universities are created by that institution. A lot of the textbooks. Well, now there's an even easier way of creating them. The app to create them is free. I've got it here. Yeah, but they won't want to, because the whole point here is that you're then having to tell the person creating the book that, okay, we're providing with this brilliant tool, so you can make these awesome interactive things. So now go off and spend crap loads more money on doing interactive things. But you don't have to make the whole thing. You don't have to make the whole thing interactive. Otherwise, it's just an, otherwise it's just a regular ebook. Yeah. And you're locking them into a different format of what's normally a regular ebook for most publishers. Because when it comes down to it, how are they going to get their extra money? Because it's going to cost more to create these new ones. It's it's only going to be once off. It's no more than... But it's not going to be once off because when you think about a textbook, textbooks, how many times are they updated? They're up, they revised. Some of them yearly. are updated every year. Yeah, but then That's they exactly would what have to have spent the money anyway. Yeah, but they're only updating text then and graphics, 2D graphics. They're not having to update interactive things. They're not updating any video content, which happens to show a couple of people interacting and then, oh, wait, no, we can't use that one from 
two years ago because the clothes they were wearing then are so outdated that it looks like they're from the 1960s. I, I think a lot of it, though, Brett, will be uh, 3D models, not not just actual video, but like you know, three like inside a leaf and zooming in, and you can kind of zoom inside the leaf and look at the cell structure and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And that's not going to change, you know. I mean, you can make a better model, I suppose, but the accuracy will still be there. I don't know. I, look, let, let's see what happens with this. I mean, Apple obviously are confident they wouldn't do this if they didn't think they, they stood a good chance. But, but that you know, could be they, said for iBooks in general. Well, I know. Well, yeah, good point. And also Apple have failed at, at a number of things as well. They've been incredibly successful, but they've had a number of failures as well. So this could be the next big failure for Apple. Who knows? Let's mm. find out. But I'll tell you what else has failed, and that is the Steve Jobs action doll because it has been pulled. It's no longer available. Again? Yeah, yeah, this other one, Brett. Yeah, thank you. You didn't. You were here last one. week. Yeah, yeah, it's a different one. The one that looks like a, a real Steve Jobs, like a photo of him. Scary. Well, yeah, but didn't we talk about like last year or the year before? Uh, different company, company yeah. different doll. Yeah, d- oh, yeah. That, was, yeah. that was a bobblehead. Yeah, th- th- this, is, this is another one. So no, I thought it wasn't a bobblehead. The other one because they then attempted to sell it again by just putting ninja clothes on it. I don't yeah, know about the these. Previous I, one was I don't, an know, I don't even know what market they're going for. I mean, who's going to buy one of these? You. <laughs> no, I'd buy a MacGyver doll. Anyway, look, let's wrap up this section of the show because this is it for the international stories. But right after this little musical ditty, I want to talk about a new domain name extension, especially for New Zealand. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. Now, a company is looking at managing a new top-level domain name, .kiwi. And the main aim there is to get a domain name of New Zealand significance, kind of like the de facto .co.nz that we have. So what do you guys reckon about this .kiwi? Brett, I mean, you're in New Zealand. Would you get a .kiwi instead of a .co.nz if you wanted something New Zealand focused? Would you consider really. it? No. It kind of muddies the water as to what people expect when they're looking for something. So you definitely because right now you go oh I I know the name of the the plumber they're Bill Smith Plumbing so their website's probably going to be Bill Smith Plumbing and Bing you find it but now you're going to have to go well, oh dot co dot nz oh damn not dot co dot nz uh dot kiwi dot nz dot fruity dot plumber dot what it's kind of muddies the water and makes it harder to work out a domain name. That's and if you've got a .kiwi, you can guarantee that they'll have a .co.nz as well. So you're just making them pay twice so that they can keep that thing. Can I just mention that Bill Smith Plumbing is actually in Denver, Colorado? Really? <laughs> wow. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Google. I, I Google that indeed, I did. And, and, it's not, yeah, and it's definitely not BillSmithPlumbing.co.nz, as you probably yeah. guess. I think it adds a superfluous layer. Well, what about hey? Look, so Al and, and uh, Cam. What what about if they had a dot Aussie? Would would you be into that? No, no, that's, that would just suck. It's just lame. Lame. Yeah, dude. Would lame. You think, what, what do you think about the dot Kiwi then? Is that also? Would you say that's lame, or do you not really? Well, see, I don't know. It's a bit parochial for me. I don't know how the term Kiwi at the moment being Aussie is is probably got negative connotations here. Oh, really? Kiwi, I, yeah, I, I just thought Aussie was just like, you know. Uh, no, so so yeah. what's the equivalent of your ki- of our Kiwi over there? Do you don't have uh, a... Aussie, I think. Yeah, yeah it would have been Aussie, but Aussie's just gone through a different... It's oh, going okay. through a dip at the moment. Right, okay. okay. Uh, I, would, I would think so. so. So we can't compare the two, really. It's not a very good comparison. Yes, the Bogans are saying to own the word Aussie and they're not, they're not doing uh, nice things with it, mm. I think, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. Okay, it, it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's kind of... So ha- Kiwi's got exactly the same sort of... See, we have, we have, a, we have a, do you have a, we have an Australia Day over here? That's sort of just Do you have up. an Australia Day? No, <laughs> no we don't have an Australia Day. Every country should have an Australia Day. <laughs> yeah, sure. We split up our days for our cities and our regions. Actually, we do. I mean, uh, today is Wellington Anniversary Day, which is, it's, it's a holiday here, but yeah. we have uh, Waitangi Day, which is uh, the New Zealand, equivalent of New Zealand Day, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, Don Kiwi, not a go for you then, Brett. No, no, I think it it just adds a layer of complexity and muddies the already muddy water of internet domain names. I'll tell you what I... And it's an extra expense to every Kiwi business. Well, only if they... Yeah, well... Well, you won't have one without having 
it's alternative.nz. Yeah, actually, you, you probably but would you? Would you? Why would you care? If no one else cares, then we'll just squatters. sit there. Because if you're Bill Plummers and you've got .co.nz and somebody else decides, oh, I'm going to have BillPlummers.kiwi because Bill Plummers didn't get it, then you lose that section because the .kiwi will be... Yeah, hang- yeah there are people that will want to protect that, even just so yeah, it doesn't get into the wrong hands. Coca-Cola.co.nz, they're yeah. going to go out and they're going to have to buy Coca-Cola.kiwi. Yeah, they, will. they will. Not that we mind yeah, that I mean, much. It, that it, it's the same reason we have a .net, a .com, a .com.au, a got. Yeah, they were to distinguish and differentiate. You knew that a .com.au was a company in in Australia. .net.au was a network or a network interactive company of some variety. .org is a non-profit organization. So I, I was actually referring to Drinkle when I said we. Yeah, you Drinkle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you've got them all for that reason, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that no one else can yeah. so, use the name. Look, I think, Brett, you do have a point. People will, will feel compelled to get the .kiwi as well which will be an, an annoying to, to a lot of people. But. Annoying thing, but it's the way that this group is going to make their money is the fact that once they bring in a new top level, everybody who's got the old top level is going to have to get a domain in the new top level of Look, their I, name. I wish they would do this, and I've said this before on this podcast, get rid of the, the second level completely and just have .nz. And I've, I've mentioned this before, so we'd have like billplumbing.nz. That's it. I've said it. All right, guys, I want to wrap up the show. Brett, thank you very much, and uh, welcome back for the new year as well. Mm, always a pleasure. All right, and likewise with Cameron. I think this was your first show for the year as well, wasn't it? It, it definitely is, yeah. Excellent. So welcome back. And, uh, are, we, are we looking forward to catching you guys next January? Thank you. Good <laughs> <laughs> and he's not uh, joking, no. folks. Oh, no, no. You'll be back next week. I'm sure you will. And look, Al, thank you as well. It's been a, a real pleasure having you on the show. As always, it's been fun. Good one. Thank you, everyone, for listening. See you again next week on New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. Till then, take care. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Ciao. I'd like to first of all introduce myself and the panels, the panels, the panels in the room. No, I'd like first I'd like to introduce myself and the other guests on the panel, not guests, hosts. Indeed, right, let's Ed. just call us humans. It's like you should just say there's Cameron and I and a couple of panels. Like <laughs> <laughs> you guys, the panels. Here we go. Fair panels. Oh, but did you see he took himself out of the panels? <laughs> you guys aren't panels. You're more than panels. He's panelists. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very good, panelists. This is getting painful. Oh. I want it to be painless. Off you go. All right, then, here, here then, we go. Then do it. And <laughs> well, just get it done. Well, let me do it. Okay, here we then go. Then do it. Okay, shh, here we go. So, um, you um, great. Fa- it's great to have you here. Jo- uh, to have you jo- here. Uh, here uh, there. <laughs> I'd like to first of all welcome Brett King. Howdy. I'm. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. Thanks for asking. (laughs) You didn't ask how it was, did you? But I was going to offer that. (laughs) Start again. Start again. I'll say something different. Okay.